This podcast is a proud member of the CypherCast Network. Discover more at cyphercast.net and follow us on Twitter at cyphercast.net. Welcome to Incantations, an Invisible Sun podcast. I'm Scott. And I'm Dave. And we will be your guides along the path of suns. Today we sing one spell. With Playing with the World's Toys, we will be discussing hidden knowledge as a character resource. Join us on the path of suns, and we may unearth some formerly obscured information. When we cast Playing with the World's Toys, we talk about the mechanics of Invisible Sun. This time we're talking about hidden knowledge as a resource for characters. Uh, this is a uh, statistic that people generate during character creation that seems to have uh, some people a little confused, uh, not quite sure how to use it. Uh, and I think there's great potential in the game uh, to use hidden knowledge. So we wanted to talk a bit more about what it was and how you could take advantage of it. Uh, though, like many of the uh, nooks and crannies of the Invisible Sun game and its characters, it's also completely ignorable. If this aspect of the game doesn't appeal to you, you aren't going to be hindering your characters and your story by ignoring it. But I think there's such potential here that you'll want to take advantage of hidden knowledge. So hidden knowledge is described on in the key on pages 30 to 31. It is a special statistic that represents a Vizlay's knowledge of mystical lore, legends, rumors, gossip, uh, and uh, other secrets that a Vizlay may have researched over time. And that's not capital S secrets. That's just general secrets. Right. So when they, yeah, here they just mean bits of information that are not widely known as opposed to secrets, meaning a change in something that you learn that changes the way your character interacts with the world. Uh, as we covered in uh, a, a recent uh, uh, episode of incantations, uh, last episode. Oh, just the last one. Right. Yeah, I know. It's been a while. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this could be used to supplement actions in ways we'll describe in more detail uh, briefly, uh, but they uh, that ability is very broad and it will be interpreted by players and GMs uh, at your table as you figure out how much or how little you want to use hidden knowledge and how specific uh, you will demand uh, the situation to warrant the use of hidden knowledge. But we'll get back to that in uh, just a little bit. The base mechanic is that by spending a point of hidden knowledge, you get a bene on any action. Uh, you do need to explain how knowing a little piece of lore, legend, rumor, gossip, or, or lowercase s secret could help you with that action. But just about anything can uh, be uh, the subject of a, a, a hidden knowledge send. Uh, the examples actually they provide in the key are uh, a little funny because they, they move from narrow to to, uh, to general. So that you can use them when you are to if you need a connection. You can use them during social interaction. You can use them when use, casting spells or using magical abilities. Oh, and you can use them for any mundane actions. And if that didn't cover everything, the final category is anything you want to use them for. Where, in which you can come up with an explanation for how you would use hidden knowledge. That that last point is kind of how I look at hidden knowledge, which is just use it for everything. If your players are going to feed you 
you know, a narrative justification for why they know something or why this is this thing is going to impact the situation that they're in. Like, I don't know why you would say no. It's an it's an invitation for the players to create, uh, to say uh, that they might have picked up a little piece of knowledge that would be helpful. If they're fighting a particular creature, they might say, oh, well, I read about it could even be I read about this in that pulp magazine uh, that I was and, and I now I know that you need to punch it right here to do maximum damage or something like that. Um, the example in the book is very mundane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and like learning something from a pulp magazine is cool because now you can draw on that pulp magazine to like fill out more, more of the world. Like there, your players are giving you uh, background and tools that you can use to understand, you know, how they look at their characters and how they interact with the game itself. Like it's, it's incredibly useful. Like, I think this is one of the best mechanics in the game. I, I absolutely love it. And I wish that, you know, my players would just use it every single time they did something. Yeah, I, I, I share your uh, love for this mechanic. Um, like to, to follow up on the kind of spontaneous example of the pulp magazine, one of the effects of someone just saying like, I was just trying to think of some sort of not uh, atypical example. So it's, you know, the typical example would be, I read in the great spell tome of M- Majerus the Magician that this particular magic works this particular way. And that's totally valid. Mm-hmm. But I wanted to come up with, like, you can go off the wall and say, oh, I was reading in this pulp magazine how to fight this creature. Um, even something like that could be hidden knowledge. Uh, and, and by introducing that pulp magazine, now as the GM, one could ask, what was the name of that pulp magazine? Did it yep. feature a particular hero? Oh, now you've got not only a publication that exists in your world, you have that, that seems to have correspond convincingly to how the world actually works in surprising ways. You may now have a hero figure that exists in kind of satirine pop culture. And you have all sorts of things you can play with now that you've introduced this offhand comment about learning uh, how to punch a creature from a pulp magazine. Yeah. And, and I like how it doesn't require a whole lot from the player. Like they just have to give you some small little narrative bit. And when my players are spending this, I always say like, Hey, if you've got an idea, like just put it out there. If you don't have an idea, just ask everybody at the table, like just source it. And it's sort of filled out a whole lot of backstory for, uh, the maker that's at my table, because whenever she spends it, she's generally drawing on like, here's, you know, I've learned how to work with this sort of metal from, you know, this class that I took. And, you know, I was able to study, in my spare time with the teacher there. And he showed me how to do this one little thing. And now it's like, Oh, now I have a, a whole new character that I could introduce if I want to. Uh, I have a whole better idea of, you know, how she looks at, you know, how she's putting things together. And it's like, I get all this stuff for free and it's, and it's great. And it doesn't really require too much from the player. They just have to, you know, come up with an idea. And if they can't, like, it's not super important. Like just, it's the same thing when you're, you know, sourcing from the table. Don't don't fixate on one person if they're struggling to come up with something on the fly. You know, send it out to the whole table. You know, come back to them later. Like all those things apply here too. Like hidden knowledge is great and should always be used. That's that's a great. Uh, bit of advice that this is an invitation and kind of baby steps for for players who are not accustomed to being involved in the narrative in the way that Invisible Sun wants them to be involved. 
uh, it, it's not as hard for them to say like, well, you know, name a book you might have read this in. Like that's not as hard as just like, oh, by the way, I want you to create a whole neighborhood real quick or, or yeah. uh, tell me about a, 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 an, or, an organization you were a member of. Those seem like bigger asks of the world and in, they're more intimidating to players. But asking something about hidden knowledge, I think, is a good way to get them started along the path of creating in the world as they play. Yeah, and giving giving a directed question as to you know how to frame how this hidden knowledge was you know gathered that that's also a good way to you know relieve the pressure of trying to you know ask somebody to improvise at the table. So saying something like, "Oh, did you read this in the in a book somewhere?" and what's the name of that book? And I'll, I'll emphasize the other part of your your comment that I thought was really good uh, that you know don't as you said don't pressure people to provide information if they can't come up with something spontaneously say say don't that's that's no problem that's why we're here at a table or online with multiple people let's take advantage of that does anyone else have any kind of fun ideas of where she might have learned this bit of knowledge uh and that way you you, but you you give the player the first chance but Mm -hmm. you don't fixate or make them feel uncomfortable uh as soon if, if they are not engaging at that time in that way, then you can source to the table. Yeah. And also if they, if you, if you ask them, if they say, I want to spend hidden knowledge, uh, but I don't really have any good ideas. I'm just going to not spend it this time. Yeah. Don't worry about it. Just, just skip it. Yep. Like don't Uh, spend the hidden knowledge, let them sit on it. In your first few sessions, you might, this, the GM might even make recommendations just so they know what sorts of things are expected. And how little really is expected of the justification for hidden knowledge. So you might just say, do you have any ideas? No. Okay. Well, what, you know, imagine you found, you now remember that when you were studying, you, uh, outside of the curriculum, you, uh, accidentally found the diary of this particular weaver and, uh, and it's just sort of make that up. And like, that's, you just, you just can, you can do that. You can make up a new character in the diary they wrote. So even a GM early on could kind of provide an example though, mm-hmm. after the first couple of sessions where people, once people understand what is expected, uh, then the GM should make, you know, retreat and let the players do that. So that's how we use it. Uh, what else we got about hidden knowledge? Well, we have, to, uh, one last element is, is like how you gain, or I should say, let's just move to how we gain hidden knowledge. Yeah. You actually start with hidden knowledge from your foundation. And uh, to give a sense of how much hidden knowledge is expected to be in the sort of the knowledge economy of the game, starting characters based on their foundation range from 10 to 20 points of hidden knowledge. Yeah, you start with a lot. <laughs> I was shocked at how large those, those pools were to begin with. Uh, and so yeah, that, I think that's a, a tip that players are supposed to spend these relatively freely. Yeah. Um, and since we're talking about gaining hidden knowledge, what I've been telling my players is the more you spend hidden knowledge, the more I'm going to give you hidden knowledge. It's a bit like ephemera, but much looser because with ephemera, you have what, two or three is your cap? Uh, three or four if you're a maker, but yeah. Okay. Three or four. Um, and, but here we're, you know, 10 to 20 is your starting, uh, 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 starting pool, there is no cap necessarily, uh, but it, you know, with two, having three to four ephemera, you know that as you spend it, you're supposed to, you're expected to sort of supply more back to the players, and they they rotate through these. Well, when it's, with the starting range of ten to twenty, you can imagine that economy is even looser and faster. 
uh, with hidden knowledge than it would be with ephemera. So yeah, there yeah. and there's some ways we'll talk about how to introduce hidden knowledge uh, in a way to kind of push your games forward uh, and to incentivize players. And and that's what I'm kind of working on right now. Um, I I keep telling my players like I'll give you hidden knowledge, uh, but then at the table it's like wait I've forgotten to hand out enough hidden knowledge for my tastes. So what what are things that I can use to give my players hidden knowledge outside of the Vance sitting in the library and reading books for, you know, a week. Yep. We'll get to some ways to do that in just a little bit. Uh, I want to emphasize that hidden knowledge is a resource and not a, uh, like an ability. It's not like your qualia scores and things like that, because it doesn't restore automatically on rest or anything along those lines. Mm -hmm. When it's spent, it's spent for good. Uh, So it is more like money uh, or a resource than it is a, one of the other statistics like intellect. I think it's also important. I don't know if we touched on this, but when you use it, you can spend hidden knowledge in addition to the other benes that you would spend on that skill or spell or whatever. Yeah, I don't think we did mention that. It's really it's a very important point. So in any given action, starting characters could spend a bene from the relevant pool and spend a hidden knowledge and their venture starts Mm -hmm. at two. So yep. they, uh, they can reach number, reach difficulties uh, or ventures uh, of, of significant size relatively click quickly if they just can t- stack on a skill, maybe use a tool. Uh, so it's it's part of how you can build your venture, and you can do that from the beginning. Right. So you gain more hidden knowledge in several ways. There are some ways that are available to everybody, uh, and. Uh, there's four kind of categories called out specifically in the key. Uh, the first is the most obvious, which they call secret lore. This is book learning, uh, the mm-hmm. stuff that you might pick up as you are uh, researching various topics uh, in libraries or bookstores uh, or things like that. Um, re- with Saturine and uh, Invisible Sun, the setting generally, really secret lore could be just about anywhere. It doesn't have to be in books. But it's the notion that it's preserved knowledge that is thought to have been kind of important to someone and recorded in some way. Uh, so think broadly about what secret lore. I think I recall a reference. Uh, oh, I think it's in part of the um, maybe in the directed campaign or maybe in the uh, introductory, uh, the Gen Con adventure. But like there was secret lore that was like scrawled on a bathroom wall. Or something along those lines, um, which it overlaps somewhat, or at least could overlap with the second category, which is just gossip. Uh, this is the sort of hidden knowledge you could get by hanging out at a restaurant or bar or other sort of so- a party or any other social event. And notice this is a source of hidden knowledge. It doesn't all have to be arcane. Yeah, sorry to interrupt, but this is one that I think I need to put to more use. Like... My my players do spend quite a bit of time talking to NPCs here and there. And when they do that, they really should just get hidden knowledge for interacting with those people. Right. So when, when I've had, when they've been out looking for information, uh, researching various topics, they might learn things unrelated to the research topic that they are investigating. And one way to represent that would be to award them hidden knowledge via social gossip or other things. Mm-hmm. Uh, a third category is a little hard to distinguish. It's trivia, which I guess is recorded knowledge that was not really thought to be all that important or of permanent importance, but could be useful through a, a, an unlikely series of events. 
Uh, you could get this through books or through personal interactions or any of the way we would get trivia in, in our world. Oh man, I have so much Simpsons hidden knowledge. <laughs> yes. Yep. Uh, it's I, not I super very... useful though. <laughs> yeah. For me, it was horror movie trivia night a couple months ago. Went very well. Uh, yeah. That, that sounds more fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the last source mentioned in the key are true orbs. This is a way for hidden knowledge to actually be a tangible object. It would just be an orb that has a bit of information in it that when broken, uh, just adds a hidden knowledge to your pool. It's sort of, sort of a basic mechanic. Uh, you could use it as indescriptly as, uh, this is basically the gold, gold coin of hidden knowledge. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you could specify what is in that true orb that you learned or what category of things did you learn? Uh, but those are all different sources of hidden knowledge. That's again, secret lore, gossip, trivia, and true orbs. Now, what if I wanted to really get a lot more hidden knowledge? Is there any option for me to, you know, focus on? If hidden knowledge is something that a character particularly likes, there are choices in character creation that will fuel their accumulation of hidden knowledge. Oh. There are uh, fortes, uh, a couple of examples. And these are not, there are others, but two that are kind of very strongly themed this way uh, are listens to whisper, whispers, where at a very early levels of the forte, you just start accumulating more hidden knowledge because people are whispering in your ear, or I should say uh, spirits and entities are whispering in your ear. And that's a, a weekly accumulation of hidden knowledge. So if you're passing time in your campaign, you're going to get hidden knowledge just for having this forte. Right. And, and as with a lot of the hidden knowledge mechanics, this is where you may need to keep track of time more than I do and should probably start doing more of. Yeah. Uh, do you know how many days and weeks there are between sessions uh, so that people can do all sorts of uh, downtime activities? But uh, this is an example of how this, some of those downtime activities, either actively or passively, could generate more hidden knowledge. Mm -hmm. Uh, there's another forte eats knowledge which you might not be surprised to find uh, generates more hidden knowledge but there's others as well where uh, consorting with different entities and the like might generate hidden knowledge uh, at an accumulated rate or accelerated rate Um, but again you'll want to keep track of time especially for downtime in those cases Uh, there are secrets that also passively Uh, generate more hidden knowledge during your downtime. Um, And you can actively seek out hidden knowledge during downtime. There's some uh, rules in the key about how much hidden knowledge would be generated by simply declaring, since we have a week off, my character is going to go hang out at the library. Or I'm going to carouse at bars for every night this week and just learn what I can about who's important and what embarrassing things they've done lately um, in Saturine. And so there's some rules about how you accumulate hidden knowledge during downtime in different categories. Cool. Uh, And also, you can reward hidden knowledge directly. Um, In in the directed campaign, I've noticed this seems to be a subject, this is is an emphasis, where in uh, various places... It calls out, uh, there's a book here. Here's the name of the book. And it just includes two points of hidden knowledge if you were to pick this up and read it during your downtime. So it, it's kind of like a reward. You can leave it like you would extra mage coin um, or other items that you might have there that you expect players might pick up or characters would pick up. Uh, and given the amount that I'm seeing in the directed campaign, I, I think 
the intent is to have a fair amount of hidden knowledge sitting around for your characters to pick up. Yeah, and the thing that I keep telling my players, uh, since I'm not going to always remember to hand out hidden knowledge, <clears throat> I, I have asked my players, hey, if you think you should earn hidden knowledge for something that you're doing, just let me know. It will take a while for the players to learn when they should even ask. It, it will, but it's more of a... I'm I'm asking them more to help me out so that I can remember to keep handing out hidden knowledge. Uh, it's a good practice also because it it, it, it communicates to the, to the players. I'm not working against you. I would like to work with you to help your character. Yeah. Uh, and so it's, it's I'm not gatekeeping this resource from you. Uh, just I, I may I have a lot to t- keep track of. So if I forget, don't be bashful. Remind me, and you know that's perfectly uh, allowable within kind of our, our table rules. So I, that, I think that's a very good practice. Um, so I guess before we wrap up here, there was one other thing that I think was important to call out. Uh, we weren't able to find any way to spend more than one hidden knowledge on any given check. Uh, so no secrets, no fortes, no no spells. Well, may, I didn't really look through the spells, but it doesn't seem like uh, you're going to be able to get the ability to spend more than one hidden knowledge if you're playing by the rules of the book. And, and even as big a fan I am of hidden knowledge, I'm perfectly fine with that limit. Yeah, me too. Because uh, I don't know, I don't want to sit and have one player like come up with three or four different things in one check just to justify why they can spend that much. Or to try to save them up, like if you're a maker, saving yeah. up a bunch of hidden knowledge. So you get like 30 hidden knowledge points that you're going to burn on one giant making Mm. (laughs) that doesn't quite seem to be in the spirit of the rules Uh, i did want to talk about some tricks i have thought of that are sort of outside the rules or maybe table rules or like Mm -hmm. that i I have found fun to use in relation to hidden knowledge Uh, and i'm not sure if they are intended by the discussion in the key uh, but they are i think uh, one i'm pretty sure is intended uh, and the other is kind of a stronger version of that that is beyond what is intended. Uh, this, the uh, limited trick is to keep track of what hidden knowledge comes from which source. Now, of course, you're starting hidden knowledge. You can kind of leave as a wild card. Mm-hmm. But when you gain new hidden knowledge, I would, I, I've asked my players to keep track. Is it secret lore? Is it gossip? Or like, wh- where does it come from? It, it is a limitation then for them to say, like, if you're going to spend this hidden knowledge, explain to me how its source is part of you gaining this bit of information. Uh, and I think it's a productive limit. It's one it's a more of an inspiring limit than a hard limit. Uh, just it, it usually tracks people if they're look at, at gossip like, oh, well, if I've got some gossip, this can be much more useful for interaction than it would be for spellcasting. But secret lore might be really useful for spellcasting. Uh, it's not a hard limit. If they can justify it going in, using it in different ways, that's perfectly fine. But reminding them where they got uh, their uh, their hidden knowledge, I've found to be useful to inspire what could be the knowledge that they're using to justify the Bene. Yeah, I think uh, just having an idea of where you could get hidden knowledge from, whether it's books or gossip, it, it would definitely be a good prompt to help somebody come up with an idea of why they can use it. And, and I've actually started taking this even further and not just categories, but remembering for hidden knowledge awarded during the game, rewarding it from specific sources. So if you have a book of 
you know, of uh, uh, the history of a particular uh, demon clan. Like, okay, well, this will give you two hidden knowledge, but note, it's two hidden knowledge from your book on, on this demon clan. So there's still a lot you can do with that. It doesn't have to be about those demons. Maybe you could justify say, you justify a spend by saying, oh, in that history, they noted that the clan visited this place and they found this thing out. Or the clan ate this monster and they found this thing out. So it's not just about facts about the clan itself. Mm-hmm. It can be ancillary, ancillary information. But having the specific source... I think it's, again, kind of an inspiring limitation that helps people like, oh, okay. And you still have all those wild card points from character creation anyway. So if you're like, I don't know how I can justify the knowledge of a demon clan helping me persuade this this guard to let me into the party. But, uh, so I can spend a a general point. But when you do think that there might be a way to use that demon clan history, like, oh, well, I'm going to spend this point now. Uh, And it just it kickstarts the, the creative process um, of saying where the knowledge came from and what it consists of. Uh, this is, again, particularly useful if you're rewarding hidden knowledge as part of your story, where mm-hmm. they just come across books, they come across gossip, they come across hidden knowledge unrelated to what they're doing in any particular session, just to reward them for investigatory activity. Yeah, that's a, that's a cool idea. Um sounds like a little bit more bookkeeping than some of my players are going to want to do but yeah that's cool yeah and like i said it's it's not required by the rules um mm-hmm. so if if players were not engaging this i i wouldn't punish them for it and say oh well if you've forgotten where you got that knowledge you can't use it it's just something i i think is kind of fun uh, the players who also think it's kind of fun are invited to to do that yep. um and it, and it helps overcome uh, especially since we play kind of at night after people have worked all day online Sometimes people do hit a wall like, I just don't have any creative motivation left. I don't know. I want to spend hidden knowledge. And if they've written down some of those sources of hidden knowledge, uh, it sometimes gets them right over that hill of effort. Um, And then they're kind of back engaged in uh, the creative exercise Mm -hmm. of justifying hidden knowledge. But, you know, I, I suggest people kind of play with that and see if they like it. Uh, it's something that has, I think, worked pretty well for us, and I'm excited to do more of it in the future. Cool. Anything else on hidden knowledge, or are we wrapping it up? I think that is it. Just remember to you that remember that this this resource is there. Players often forget about it. Um, so if you're a player, remember your character has this. If you're a GM, remind your players that their characters have this. And as a GM, remember to use hidden knowledge as a reward uh, or loot to uh, continually remind players that their characters have this resource because it is so well connected to the flavor of Invisible Sun where secrets are in some sense the fuel of all of your activities uh, that it it is uh while it is you won't even notice if you ignore it uh it mechanically uh it is so integral to the the uh theme of the game you're really missing out on an opportunity to engage the setting and the tone uh if you do not emphasize hidden knowledge yeah i agree with that 